You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday. We're cruising toward the weekend. Free agency officially begins next week. But you know what? The NFL didn't want us to go into the weekend without some entertainment. There were plenty of fireworks to end the week since Dennis and I were last with you on Monday. We're going to get to all of that. And then, you know what? We're going to look at uh, our first 14 running backs in our top 24 running back countdown. Math is tricky. Sometimes we're going to go from 24 to 11, do the top 10 and uh, some more stuff on Monday. But Dennis, how was your week? How did this news hit you today? Episode, more like epic. Episode. <laughs> Did that? Am I frozen? No, I heard you. It's pretty. Oh, okay. It, it Sorry, I'm trying to get my, back on. My, <laughs> I uh, was trying to get my screen back on. I was looking at something else. No, I, I'm excited about the news. I think it, you know. It feels like a few days ago or at the Combine, uh, people were mocking Ryan Poles for saying, hey, I expect to get two first-round picks if I'm going to move back. And got two first-seconds and DJF and more. So, I don't know. I think he did pretty good. I'm excited that it wasn't one of these. I'm going to drag it out all the way until we get to the um, to the draft to try to squeeze as much out of it as I can. Look, get the deal done. It's a great deal. Four draft picks. You know, at nine, they're going to be able to get a defensive help, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's an edge rusher. It's a very deep defensive class. You've got DJ Moore, so you don't have to worry about, you know, wide receiver. You got Moore, Mooney, and for lack of anything else better, I guess, uh, Chase Claypool. Um, Who once again – the third best receiver on his own team. And that's a good role for him. So we'll see what happens at the running back position. Are they going to turn it over to Khalil Herbert? Um, you know, wouldn't it be something if they took Bijan Robinson at nine? Wouldn't that shake the world up? Yeah, so the full uh, the full compensation, uh, for those of you that just missed it, the number one draft pick that was held by the Chicago Bears has been traded 
to the Carolina Panthers in return. The Bears got the number nine overall pick, number 61, which I believe has got to be a second-round pick this year, a 2024 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and DJ Moore, which is the receiver they needed. So there's a lot of angles to hit this from. Let's first talk about what do you think this means for Carolina? Carolina has long needed to figure out the quarterback position. That was probably the bane of the Matt Rule administration, was the bane of the Frank Reich administration in Indianapolis. So now he comes here. He has the number one pick. Do you have a feeling who you think they moved up to get? I think – so there's a lot of talk that teams are – Afraid to pass on Anthony Richardson in case he's great, not because he's great. Now, he, Richardson, and we've seen it with Justin Fields, provides an exceptionally high rushing floor. But Richardson isn't quite the passer that Fields is. And admittedly, Fields wasn't a great passer coming in. C.J. Stroud, phenomenal passer, underrated rushing ability. Stroud, I don't think, is... I don't think Stroud will reach early um, career Zach or Zach, early career Dak Prescott numbers even, which was about 300 yards a season and six touchdowns. I just don't think Stroud is going to rush that much. But Stroud is immensely uh, accurate, so accurate, beautiful throws at all levels of the field, can make every throw. They're going to need to do something, and it's – well, it's not a terribly deep wide receiver class. I don't think nine is where they're going to take anybody. Uh, I, but they're going to need, you know, they've got Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, and, and Shai Smith, uh, and a bunch of guys. So I think they're going Stroud. To me, I think that's the guy that Frank Reich wants. That's That's the guy that can do all the stuff at quarterback. Josh McCown is the quarterback's coach there. Um, McCown, his breakdown before he joined him. Now, he he talked really high about Bryce Young as well, but I think they, they really like Stroud. I think, to me, Stroud feels like the right fit. Is Does he have the ceiling that Richardson has? No, because of the rushing. But he's, he's ready now. He's pro-ready. He can read defenses. He can make the throws. He's going to get you in a good play. With the amount of draft picks now that Carolina has, they can invest in, you know, they drafted a, a high tackle last year and Iki Iquanu. They've got some good parts. They fell apart. They played hard for Wilkes after falling apart under rule. Now they just need to have Reich put it all together for him. I think this is a great opportunity. Did they pay a lot? Yes, but when to go from nine to one, it's going to cost you. They made a bold move. They're going to get their guy. They're not going to wait. And I think that the guy is going to be Stroud. So what I'm going to be curious to see, you know, we've talked about a few times, it is not an incredible uh, free agent class for pass catchers. Maybe got a little bit deeper at receiver with, uh, with Thielen getting released, which we'll talk about a little bit. But Carolina, in the span of less than a year, has really moved their best skill position players. Christian McCaffrey's in San Francisco. DJ Moorhead's out now. Um, you know, they got rid of Robbie Anderson in the middle of last year. He's free again, so they could they could always go reacquire. Uh, I think if, I, if I'm if i the Panthers, I, I've chosen not to pursue Robbie did Anderson. You, I didn't realize his first name is Chosen. Uh, chosen Robbie Anderson. What a tough, what a tough look. But it kind of almost, you know, one of the criticisms we probably would have had of Chicago the last two years is they went and got Justin Fields and they didn't give him any weapons. And now Carolina is similarly positioning themselves to move up and grab like the franchise quarterback. I'll be curious. Their best shot might be getting one of the high, uh, you know, one of the top tight ends because that's probably a better group of free agents than wide receiver options right now uh but they they don't have they also we don't know what they're doing at running back foreman's a free agent are they going to bring him back i know they still have chuba hubbard but they're we haven't seen indications that he's a 
necessarily a three down player. Matt is with us now. We are talking about the uh, the trade of the number one overall draft pick and uh, first what it means for Carolina. Do you have a player you think that Frank Reich is targeting? Uh, I feel like he's a Will Levis truther, and I feel like that's going to fail should, miserably for they Carolina. They should all be fired. If that's if they I, traded all this to go up, they should make Tepper sell the team. They should fire everyone who works in the front office, everyone on the coaching staff, and give them a lifetime ban. Yeah, I really don't know who they take. I mean, if I were them, I'm taking Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, but I, I don't know that they've I'm trying to think. I don't I don't remember Reich ever coming out and saying he preferred any of the quarterbacks. So I, I really well, I mean, don't he know. He prefers 40-year-old statuesque white guys that are on their last leg, apparently. So Will Levis. That's kind of what you're you know, so oh. outside of the 40-year-old oh, no. part. So I'm <laughs> just saying, you know, it's a, you're not helping your case any there, man. Yeah, I, I really don't know who they take. I mean. If you really want to go boomer bust, you're going Anthony Richardson and just hoping you can develop him over a year and then kind of build forward. Because as you just mentioned, like I, I don't even know what the rest of their team's going to look like. I, I don't love the landing spot for C.J. Stroud or or Bryce Young now too with losing D.J. Moore, interesting offensive line, no Christian McCaffrey. Like I, I don't know, this is a great landing spot. And I don't know how quickly they're going to be able to replenish anything. No 24 first round pick, losing second round picks like us. Uh, well, they traded their late second round pick. They still have pick thirty nine, uh, their own pick. So they still, still still have an early round, early second round pick. Uh, they're gonna have to get something. Well, let's flip over and talk about Chicago. So Chicago came into this offseason. Some people thought they were gonna just deal Justin Fields and start over at the number one pick. It's very clear. That was probably never the plan for them. They have a lot of cap space. They still have a ton of draft picks. They get a bunch more here. Matt, we'll start with you. DJ Moore coming in. What else would you like to see Chicago do this offseason? How do you feel about the Bears, who were kind of a frisky team at times last year? I mean, I think they're in prime placement now to make all kinds of moves. I don't even know if they stick at nine. They could probably move back again and get even more picks if they wanted to. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see what they do. I mean, Getting another pick in the first round next year, I think, is huge, especially if, let's be honest, if they do, if, if the Panthers do take a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson here, I, I honestly think even if they take CJ Shot or Brushing, they're probably going to be a bad team again. You may have just locked up another top 10 pick in 2024 that has some really good wide receivers uh, coming out next year as well. So, I don't know that they would go wide receiver with pick nine. I still think they need to grab a wide receiver at some point early. They got nine and 61 from the Panthers. They still have, obviously, um, was there? They traded their be, second round pick. Should be 33, uh, I thought. No, they traded it to Pittsburgh for Chase Claypool. So they don't have oh, that. Which is why if I were them, I'd trade back again if I could, just to get more more draft capital. Um, but I think offensive line would be big at nine. There should be a decent amount of offensive linemen still available there. Um, I really think you need to start building out that line a little bit more about uh, around Justin Fields because you can get a decent wide receiver in this with that sixty first pick if if you wait. But I think they will come away with uh, another wide receiver in the first three rounds to pair with Mooney and now DJ Moore. But I think it's a great get getting a guy like DJ Moore. I mean, we saw how well granted Ohio state was playing the, the, the team around them was better than most of the competition they were playing for the most part, but getting a wide receiver like DJ Moore who can create the separation that he can, we saw what a Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were able to do at Ohio state system um, when they were able to create some separation and Justin Fields, get them the ball. So I'm, I'm excited for, for fields to get a, I don't want to say alpha, but a, a really good wide receiver opposite of Darnell. The Bears also have pick 55 in the second round from gotcha. the Rokon Smith trade. I knew they still had a second round. I couldn't remember where it was. So they have 55 and 61. So they have a couple of second rounds uh, still in there. Uh, so that was the big 
the big news today, the big news a couple of days ago was uh, Daniel Jones on the cusp of the franchise tag deadline gets a four-year, $160 million deal to stay with the New York Giants, which subsequently allows them to place the non-exclusive franchise tag on Saquon Barkley, improving the chances they can keep both of them. Dennis, what do you think about Jones' deal, and what does it mean uh, that they were able to also tag Barkley? I think the Jones deal was huge, so they could tag Barkley. Now, after a couple of years, it's it's for them to uh, give him a couple of years to keep making strides. And if he doesn't and they need to move on, they'll be already going up. Barkley kind of gets the shaft, you know, but we, we said on previous shows, running back is the more replaceable position. And ideally, that's that if it came down to and they didn't sign Jones, that we felt they would tag uh, Daniel Jones and let Barkley walk. Well, they were able to get the deal done. Is Barkley going to be mopey about it? You know, they're going to try and get a deal done. He's Barkley is a good enough back, I think, that it makes sense to you know lock him up for three years. You know, if you give him if you give him twelve mil a year, or thirteen mil, I think he's asking for fifteen. I think if you can get up to twelve or thirteen, maybe front load it a little bit so that if you have to get out of it after year two, that you're that you're able to. You know, they could get a deal done to the point where in two years, if it's not working out, they can move on and not have really big cap hits. So I like the move. It was smart move by the GM. To get it done, um, is Daniel Jones worth forty million a year? Probably not, but you know you're worth what the market will bear. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Daniel Jones got that deal. I really thought, at least in my opinion, it would have been smarter to pay Barkley, who seemed to be more willing to not necessarily take a hometown discount, but knew he wasn't going to be paid as the top running back due to his injury history and franchise tag Daniel Jones and see if he can do it for one more year. Cause now you're kind of tied into Daniel Jones, whether he can or not, we don't know that this year you're kind of looking at this, at least for me and saying, you know, will the real Daniel Jones, please stand up. Are we looking at the guy we've seen before Brian Dayball? We're we looking at the guy who was with Brian Dayball. Um, you know, Barkley, maybe this gives them a chance to kind of give it one more year, and they did make the playoffs, although I think they were kind of a fake playoff team. I don't think they really were that good to maybe push for it all in one more year, and I do think in a way it screws Barkley because if he goes out there and let's just say, unfortunately, you know, knock on wood, he ends up getting injured again, like he's going to get screwed out of money in a long-term deal next year. So I, I – Get it from the Giants' perspective in some way, but I think I would have flipped roles here and probably paid Barkley and franchise-tagged Daniel Jones. Well, and with it being non-exclusive, Barkley can still solicit off- offers from other teams, which I would think there will be other teams that will make offers to either put the Giants in position where they have to match it or to potentially get him. Of course, it does. Those non-exclusive franchise tags do come with the two first-round pick Uh penalty uh if you sign another team's player so that's something to look out for i'm still i'm like dennis i i'm hopeful that Barkley gets two first round picks for a running back yeah probably not um you know now that carolina's already made their uh their big trade to move up to number one i'm there's there's other teams out there somebody's i'm never gonna say never because you know, teams like the Rams also exist where drafts, draft picks are a rumor. Denver the traded a first round and a second round draft pick to get a coach. So it wouldn't be uh, when, yeah, that far out of uh, the realm. Speaking of non-exclusive franchise tags, that's also what got placed on Lamar Jackson. Could not come to terms with the long-term deal. This gives him, as we said, the right to solicit offers from other teams. The Ravens have the right to match or get draft compensation. Matt, I'll start with you. What do you think happens now with Lamar Jackson? Oh, man, that's a very interesting question. I think I really think Baltimore's put Lamar in the corner, and I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with Lamar. So obviously the exclusive franchise tag, for those of you who don't know, 
does allow him to possibly leave Baltimore if another team is willing to pay him more money. It gives Baltimore then the opportunity to match that. If they don't, uh, he gets to go to that team, and I believe the rule is they get two first-round picks. Is that correct? Yep, two first-round draft picks. So just with that being said, let's let's take a look at the um, – if I can get my, my thing to work correctly here, which it does not seem like it wants to do. I wanted to take a look at the uh, – You tried Viagra? Uh, I have not. It's not um, shameless plug for a sponsor, guys. We're no, nah, not a sponsor. Could be. Uh, fortunately, they're not. So I will definitely not try that. All right. So let's let's go look at the at the NFL landscape really quick. Buffalo doesn't need a quarterback. They're not reaching out to Lamar. As of right now, it seems Miami doesn't need a quarterback with them picking up to his fifth year option. So they're probably not willing to pay him. New England, as far as we know, doesn't need a quarterback. They're not going to go pay Lamar. New York Jets. Okay, there's one. Cincinnati, well, yeah, they're not going out to go pay Lamar. Neither is Pittsburgh, neither is Cleveland. I'm just speed this up a little bit. Jacksonville, not doing it. Tennessee, maybe, sure, we'll put them on the list. Indy, maybe, but I would bet they're going rookie quarterback because they're not that close to being a, a contender. Same thing with Houston, so I'm not putting either one of those guys on the list. Kansas City, nope. Lost the, the Chargers, nope. Las Vegas, maybe. We'll put them on the list. Denver, nope. Philly, nope. Dallas, nope. Giants, nope. Washington, maybe. Minnesota, nope. Detroit, nope. Green Bay, nope. Chicago, nope. Tampa Bay, maybe. Carolina, now, no. They would have been on this list. New Orleans, no. Atlanta's already come out and said no. San Francisco, no. Seattle, no. The Rams, no. Arizona, no. That is five teams in all of the NFL that might be willing. The Atlanta one's surprising because that was everybody's favorite um He's because he was from the area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really thought that there was a shot that he would go there, but it doesn't seem like he will. So the the and actually, I'm going to take away the the Raiders because they've openly said they they want Jimmy Garoppolo. So it gives you four teams to go out there and match that or do better than what Baltimore did. I don't know that the Jets are going to do it either because they seem to be all in on Aaron Rodgers. So like that gives you to teams like Tennessee who doesn't have the cap room to do it. I don't think anybody's going to be willing to pay Lamar more than what Baltimore offered. He wants more guaranteed money. So like, I think at the end of the day, he's going to have to, ex- he's going to have to sign the exclusive franchise. Right. And just play for Baltimore. Even though it seems like he honestly doesn't want to, but if he wants to play in the league, I think he's got no choice. So it's, I, I think that we're l- moving towards almost a Kirk cousins, Washington at the time, Washington Redskins situation. where like, he may be tagged for the next couple of years in Baltimore. And when he's finally has that chance to get out, he's going. Doesn't matter if Baltimore offers him more money than any other team in the league. He's not coming back. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to get an offer because most teams around the league don't have enough money to put into escrow that Baltimore can't match it. So there's there's not a lot of teams with the liquidity to say, hey, we're going to give you 250 mil guaranteed. We're putting it in escrow because that's the rules. And then Baltimore would be like, no, I can't do that. And teams are like, well, I don't want to – they don't want to negotiate the deal for Baltimore, which is essentially what they're doing. That's why the teams are opting out and saying, oh, well, we're not going to pursue it because – now, that doesn't mean they're not sitting in their offices going, well, we're not going to pursue it. But if, if we were, what it look like? You know, people are doing that. They're trying to structure it and, and say, could we could we structure it to the point where um, Baltimore can't match it? And whether they can or not, I don't know. But they're going to take a look. I think Lamar goes back. I agree with Matt. He's going to get franchised. And maybe you know that gives them until Ju- July 15th to work out a long-term deal. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Yeah, it certainly seems like there is not a great relationship there. I'd be curious to see how that plays out the rest of this offseason. Another player who was set free, Adam Thielen, has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. Dennis, seems like Thielen in a weaker free agent wide receiver class might jump to the top of the list. Uh, What do you think about him getting his release? You know, he's... He's running out of gas. I I think he's a a steady, solid receiver. 
can still separate in short areas. He was never known for his long speed, though he could get down the field. Um, I think he's, you know, he's going to take a, a deal somewhere, probably looking for a contender that needs a wide receiver. And I, I like the guy, fabulous fantasy asset for a number of years. Um, I'm not sure what he is going to bring to the table. I'm not expecting 90 catches and and 1,200 yards out of him um, next year. You know, could he get 750 and eight touchdowns? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. That's what he does. So, Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Any thoughts, Matt? Oh, no. Sorry. I thought... (laughs) Um, yeah, I have no thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, I think for me, it depends on where uh, Thielen lands. Um, but if you had him in Dynasty, you're pretty well to the end of uh, the great startable window for uh, you probably were going into last year, too. Do either of you guys put much faith in KJ Osborne? I saw quite a few people coming out saying this could make him a wide receiver, too, this year. I mean, if he had played better last year, maybe it seems like Minnesota is set on drafting a wide receiver this year. So I don't know, like if, if you don't roster KJ Osborne, I don't know that I'm going out and trying to trade for him right now, because I feel like his value may, may be kind of peaking at the moment because people may think he's going to be the two. And then if they go out and say draft a, I don't know. Like, I don't know they go in the first round. So, but if they grab one of these uh, Zay Flowers in the second round, like all of a sudden you're like, yeah, KJ Osborne's value just went right back down to zero. So I, I wouldn't value him that highly personally. Yeah, it's it's a classic. Sell him right now. Go out. See if you've got him. See who wants him. The last bit of uh, news, Matt alluded to it a little bit earlier. The Dolphins picked up the fifth-year option for uh, Tua. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Matt, does it make you feel more confident that they believe in his long-term future? Yes and no. Um, it, it's I, I hope that this means it's a good sign that Tua is doing better and that they believe he's going to be fine. I could also very easily see this as a like, hey, two is fine. Now do you want a quarterback on a really cheap one-year deal and possibly then turn around and trade to a, we'll see what happens. I mean, I know they've, I believe the report was, they came out and said that they, you know, see him as their option for a long time, whatever. And I hope that is the truth. Obviously it was a very scary year for him. So like I'm rooting that that's the truth, but kind of, I guess until I got to see him actually be the start of the Miami Dolphins week one or him get some kind of contract extension, I'm just not going to buy into it because the last thing we saw with Tua, if I'm being honest, left a really bad taste in my mouth and I'm extremely worried about like his future health overall that like I, I would still be fairly weary of rostering Tua. Yeah, it shows me they believe in him, I think. They're they're ready. They he fits the offense really good, and even if it's wish casting on their part, you know they were faced with the choice. They were going to have to make that choice. You might as well lock him up for two years because he was so good in that offense last year when he was healthy. And so let's move forward with it. And if for whatever reason, you know he ends up concussed again, and it's time for him to go and retire, it is what it is. I'm sure there's there's injury language in there 
to offset some of the salary cap stuff. It is, it, you've got to make, it's all, you're forced to make decisions. And when that time comes, you just make the best decision you think you can and you go forward. And if it doesn't work out, then you do something different. Is EJ Perry or whoever they, Skylar Thompson, uh, is he going to be the answer at backup? I don't know, but I think we we saw enough. I mean, he's no Ben DiNucci, that's for sure. Uh, I like uh, I, I like the commitment, though. They they like how he fits that offense, and they're saying, look, we believe we're taking all the right steps to mitigate some of the issues that he's had with his concussions, and he's cleared, he's healthy. We're going to move forward with this, and we're going to go win some games. I love it. Yeah, to me, it makes total sense because, you know, a player normally uh, that's a first round quarterback at this point in time, you know, we've seen they've talked about doing contract extensions with both Burrow and Herbert because, you know, you want to have them long term. I think given what we saw from Tua last year with the injuries, they I could see them not wanting to do a big long term second contract this offseason. Picking up the fifth year option allows them to, if he comes back fully healthy and still looks like the same player, to work on that next offseason without having uh, a lot of pressure on them. Well, that wraps up the news. So we are going to turn our attention. We are going through our dynasty rankings. We're turning to our top 24 running backs starting today. We are going to go through 24 through 11. Um, so we'll do a three at a time as we have done. It looks like all of us have them dropped in there. So, uh, Dennis, I will let you kick it off. You want to give us your 24 to 22. Joe Exxon. 23, Isaiah Pacheco, and 22, wait, what, I'm looking at, am I looking at the right line? No, 24, Jamal Williams, 23, Joe, what? Yeah, I put the highlight line line through 24, yes. Jamal Williams, Joe Mixon, and Isaiah Pacheco at 23. Um, You know, I, I think Williams has a ton of TD upside, and he's gonna sign somewhere. Like I love him in uh, New Orleans to pair with Alvin Kamara. Get Kamara back in the old role, catching a ton of passes. Let Jamal Williams, you know, hammer it in there, score a bunch of touchdowns. Mixon, I I want to have him higher, but he's just gotten so inefficient, and he there's talk that he may get moved, he may get cut. I don't know about that, but. You know, and then Pacheco, I feel like Pacheco is, he could go either way. He could have been in or out of my top 24. Uh, he's hes explosive, doesn't have much wiggle, but he seems to fit what Kansas City does. And he's going to get a couple pass reps a game. We saw that at the end of last year. They're still going to bring somebody in to be the passing down back. Um, but I, I like Pacheco. I think he can finish top 24. So I have him at 22. Matt, how about your first three? Uh, so at 24, I have Khalil Herbert. Um, I really, I actually thought about bumping him up here just last minute with with the landing of DJ Moore because I feel like that's going to open things up for him in the running game a little bit. Also helps having a quarterback who almost broke the rushing record. Um, I, I just think that's going to help open things up. We also know he's a good receiver, and I don't know if even if they do draft a running back, uh, that they'll take too much away from him. So I like Herbert's chances to produce this year and, and next year as well because he will he will be under contract for the Bears. At 23, I have Miles Sanders. Um, I still think he's a really good running back. I think he's got a lot of, uh, you know, he has dealt with injuries, but I still think he's got a lot of work to go with his legs. Uh, this Philly just did not use him much uh, these past couple years, which I think is going to help him. And hopefully wherever he goes, they're willing to build the offense and the rushing game around him, which it never seemed like Philly was going to. 22 for me was Alvin Kamara. And, and I have him this low because I, I just don't know how many games he's going to play. It really looks like he's going to miss at least some time due to a suspension based on the uh, Las Vegas uh, beating that went on with him and his friend beating up that one uh, person. 
Um, and I do expect New Orleans to draft a running back as well uh, to kind of put into that Mark Ingram role and kind of move him back to the role that he, again, was very successful. And he is a top 12 dynasty running back for like three, four years in a row. Uh, but I just think he's going to take a little bit of a stumble because of that. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong. For me, I have Jamal Williams also at uh, 24. I really liked the fit in Detroit. I kind of like to see him go back there, but we will see what happens. I have Brian Robinson at 23. I liked what he did with uh, Antonio Gibson being a free agent. I don't know what they're going to do there with with Washington. I liked Brian Robinson. I liked the potential there. Still some questions, but I, I snuck him in there. And then I also have Isaiah Pacheco at 22. I liked what he did as a runner. He doesn't seem to be involved much at all in the passing game. I don't know if that changes. That probably would, for me, always cap his value with a team like Kansas City. Uh, Matt, why don't you give us your next three up? Yeah, so that puts me at, was it, 21? Uh, So I have Aaron Jones. I like Aaron Jones. I think he's still a really good running back. Um, And he restructured to stay in Green Bay as well, which I think is a big deal. I still think there's going to be a pretty decent split between him and A.J. Dillon, which I think caps both of their upsides. And I'm going to be honest, while Jordan Love looked decent in that Kansas City Chiefs game where he filled in for Aaron um, Aaron Rodgers, just remembering what he looked like as a rookie and remembering when he was in college, I am hesitant on what I think this Green Bay offense could be. So that is why he comes in so low for me. At 20, I have Damon Pierce. Uh, was really good last year. Seemed to hit that rookie wall late. Even if they get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, though, I don't know how good he's going to be because that offensive line's likely not going to get that much more improved, and he's not necessarily a great pass catching back either. So I still think his upside is limited, even if he's getting a ton of carries. Um, and then at 19, I have Ramondre Stevenson. I still think he, I think he could be higher in my ranks. My big fear with him is Bill. Uh, Bill has just never really shown us a propensity to give a one running back. He's not the kind of running back I think that Bill is just going to let him be the guy. Would not be surprised if they go out and draft a guy. They drafted three running backs, I believe, last year. Wouldn't be surprised if they draft another guy at some point in time this year and they somewhat take some stuff away from him. And then on top of that, I still don't know how good this offense is going to be. Like, I I think it could still be a bad offense. I I don't know who they they bring back Bill O'Brien, right? Is that who's coming? I mean, I just watched him have a ton of talent in with Alabama last year and just completely like shit all over himself every Saturday. Now he's going to be playing better, more competent defensive coordinators and defenses. A lot of those games Alabama played, they were by far the better team. I don't know that it's going to be that much better. So I, I am hesitant to move Stevenson up too far. He's, you know, could probably, maybe he could be higher, but I'm, I'm a little hesitant on that offense. All right. I have uh, Alvin Kamara at 22, Aaron Jones at 21, and Miles Sanders at 20. I know Sanders is a free agent still, but I think he's one of the best backs left out there available. And I'll get picked up in an opportunity where he can kind of show what exactly it is he brings to the table. He is a really good back, and he played really well last season. Um, Aaron Jones, I still think he's going to be the lead back in Green Bay. Uh, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, and, And Kamara, I agree, he's going to miss some games. But we're looking dynasty. I still think he's got a couple years left in him especially if they bring in um, a hammer and don't make Kamara carry the ball 50 times again. Yeah, I guess for me the question is going to be what Kamara's role is because I have him down in this range too. Um, first for me at 21, I have DeAndre Swift. I love the the talent and the potential. I think he's got top 12 talent, but Detroit does not really employ him that way. We've seen enough seasons now. Uh, to kind of know where where they're going to keep him and and but they're gonna still... trust us, trust us. 
Nah, they're. I don't think they're ever. They're ever gonna do it. Um, I love the talent, but he and it seems to work for them in that offense to have him in that role. Number twenty for me is Cam Akers. Maybe I'm a little higher than other people, and you never know how Sean McVay's attitude toward Akers is gonna flip. We saw it flip and flop a couple of times last year, but I was encouraged when he came back. He was getting quite a bit of volume. Um, Henderson's obviously gone. Um, and I liked what he was doing with the volume and the role that he had. And I think that that could continue and that could give him some good, um, RB2 value. I, you know, I'm not rock solid, but I, I like what I saw. And then I have Kamara at 19. Um, you know, we've all talked about it. the talent is there, the suspension next year, six or eight games concerns me. I also think you're on the outer edge. You always talk about that two to three year window. This is probably the last two to three year window where you're going to feel good about having Kamara as a starter, depending on how much he balls out in the game season there next year at this time next year, you might be looking at trying to maximize value and move him if you're not a serious title contender. So that's why I'm there. Dennis, do you want to give us your 18, 17, 16? Certainly. Uh, At 18, I have Damian Pierce, 17, Derek Henry. And 16, Dalvin Cook. You know, Henry and Cook feel like they should be higher. But I I, I feel like Henry and Cook are both right. They're at the age cliff. They're, they could put up stellar numbers again this year. Over the next two to three years, I feel like it's just it's time for them. But he's a classic. Hashtag two to three year window running back. Uh, other is a better receiver to take the receiving chops off him, or somebody just to outright split time with him. You know, it's a team in rebuild. They're gonna have somebody else. It's not gonna be Rex Burkhead. It's not gonna be Royce Freeman. R.I.P. It's going to be somebody else. Not it's not Dari Ogunbowale. It, it's going to be one of these young backs that you know come in and are able to catch the ball well. You know, wouldn't someone like Xavier Holiday out of Arizona State, a late round draft pick that much like Rashad White showed up at Arizona State and ran well and caught a bunch of balls and has good size. So, um, I, I want to be higher on cooking. Henry, I just couldn't bring myself to do it here in uh, Dynasty. Uh, So my 18, I have Dalvin Cook. Um, You know, it's not that I think he's going to be bad, but I I do think we've seen him regress just a little bit every single year, and he's also had more and more lingering injuries. Uh, Minnesota, great offense last year, really good team. So this one might come back to bite me in the ass a little bit, but I just I'd it, he's one of those players that I'd rather be out on a little early than too late. I, I just don't think you're going to get that value for him. So I've dropped him a little bit for me. Uh, next up is Derrick Henry. He could honestly move up if he gets traded to a good team because Derrick Henry is a guy that, like I've tried to tell you, is going to fail for you know, it feels like the past ten years in a row, and he's done nothing but shut me up every single year. I would not be surprised if he does it again this year. We'll I mean, be right one of these days, Matt. We'll be that's right. That's what one I keep telling days. myself, but he keeps showing me I'm wrong every single year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again uh, because he's just got an extreme amount of talent. And, and I really think if he goes to a different offense, he could be really good. At 16, I have DeAndre Swift. Uh, I still believe in Swift, and even more so now with Jamal Williams probably not coming back to the Lions. And I know that they've said they're not picking up his fifth-year option. I actually think that's a good thing for DeAndre Swift. I think they're just going to ride him into the ground. They were so close into making the playoffs, and if he can stay healthy, I think he may be the guy that they just use for everything, just knowing that, hey, we're not going to have him here next year. Now, maybe that's not great for his long-term future, Maybe it helps him get another another really good contract. But we've seen these running backs on these final years of their rookie deals about to get paid. Like, if they stay healthy, typically they perform fairly well. Most recently, Saquon Barkley last year. Now, Swift is not the athlete that Saquon Barkley was. But I think people forget how good of a running back DeAndre Swift was coming out. I mean, I, 
I had him above Jonathan Taylor, my running back rankings. It was DeAndre Swift, then Jonathan Taylor, because Swift can do it on the receiving side of things. He is a really good running back. It's just he needs to stay healthy. I think if he does, he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. So I, I, I'm i still all in on Swift at least for one year, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, I want to – I love Swift's talent. It's just uh, D- Detroit scares me sometimes. Uh, for me, I have at 18, I have Aaron Jones. I, I was glad he reworked his deal to stay in Green Bay, but it seems like there are a lot of questions. AJ Dillon's still there. We saw that start to take an impact on Aaron Jones. He's another guy I think is kind of at the tail end of his his rock solid two to three uh, year window. Uh, then I have Miles Sanders at 17. I like Sanders. He had a career year last year. I think he'd do great if he goes back to the Eagles. Not sure that's going to happen, but I think he's a guy that could land somewhere. Uh, you know, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Um, he looked great last year. Uh, I like his potential. And then I have Derrick Henry uh, at 16. Hard to know what they're they're going to do. The Titans have nothing going on, which I think – it's part of the issue if he stays there. I, I'm i with you, Matt. If he got traded to the right circumstance, that could be great. It could also be a disaster. Um, it's just hard to, to know. Uh, he and Dalvin Cook are two big-time running backs who are both pretty much being actively shopped, and you don't know what that's going to do. Uh, landing spots could impact their, their long-term value so much. Uh, Matt, why don't you give us your last five in this group from uh, – I think it's 15 to 11 to 11. Okay. Uh, So at 15, I have Javante. I wanted to put him in my top 12, but like, it feels like every other day you're getting a different report about whether he's going to be healthy or not for the season. I believe in the talent. um, And I, I actually kind of like the offense now as well. Hopefully with it being able to get turned around, I still think they probably draft a running back to kind of help him out. But it's more of like just not knowing what that knee, if the knee is actually healthy or not. So he's at 15 for me right now. And it's, I mean, honest, it's the same thing with my guy at 14, Tony Pollard. All the news out of Dallas is they're letting Zeke go. So there's a shot for Tony Pollard to have an increased role here. Still think Dallas drafts a running back and bring somebody in because I don't think Tony Pollard is a guy you just hand the ball to 15 times and give him four or five catches a game. I'm also a little bit worried about him coming back from an injury. Like that's a gruesome injury with that ankle. And I don't know that he's going to be fully healthy to start off the season, but I like the talent. And as long as he doesn't lose that explosiveness, I think he's going to be a pretty good fantasy asset at 13 for me is Travis ETN. I don't, I don't know that he's going to be that great. I know he had some moments toward the end of last year, but we've already had his head coach and Doug Peterson come out at the combine and say, we want to add at least two, maybe three more running backs to the roster. That's not great, Bob. Now I'm not saying all three of them are going to produce for you, but Doug Peterson has always run a committee and Travis Etienne, in my opinion, is not the kind of running back that gets the same thing as I just argued with Pollard 20 carries a game and five or six catches. I think his upside is limited. Now, I have him right on the edge of an RB1, so it's not like I'm saying he's going to be bad. I'm at RB13, but I don't know that he's going to be this like rock-solid fantasy running back, mostly because of Doug Peterson. At 12, I kind of cheated with two of them. You'll have to tune in on Monday. I might actually show up on the show Monday because I have two running backs in here that I know Dennis and Matt don't have. And at my 12, I have Jameer Gibbs. I don't even know where he's going to get drafted yet, but I think he's going to be a top 12 running back in year one. Doesn't matter where he goes. He's that talented. He is in my, everybody comps him to Alvin Kamara. I think he's Aaron Jones, but with four three nine speed, which Aaron Jones did not have. I Alvin uh, Jameer Gibbs is an extremely talented running back. I think there's a shot that he gets drafted at the end of the first round this year. So if you're in, if you're in a one quarterback league and you're trying to figure out if you need to get if you want to get a running back, I would trade up to one of those top three spots because I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be an absolute smash for you this year. And at my 11 pick, I have Josh Jacobs. Uh, we talked. A couple episodes ago, how Matt, how me and you both feel like the Raiders bungled their decision with not picking up the fifth year option and then now paying Josh Jacobs. If they go get Jimmy G, I still think that this offense probably revolves around Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams for the most part, like it did last year. And we saw how effective Jacobs was. I, I, 
I don't think the talent's ever been the question. It's just them continuing to use him as a workhorse. Well, Josh McDaniel showed us he's not afraid to do that last year. So if he does it again, Josh Jacobs is in for another really good season. So I put him at 11. Yeah, you're right. Dennis and I did not merge our rookies in yet. but Dennis, I only put you... two in. I'm sure everybody can guess who the other is. But again, you have to tune in Monday to find out just how high he is. All right, Dennis, you want to give us your last five? All right, so I have DeAndre Swift at 15, Javante Williams 14, Pollard 13, Dobbins 12, and I have Ramondre at 11. So I think DeAndre Swift, because he has a really high pass-catching ability, over the next if, – if he just gets used up this year in Detroit and moves on, I feel like somebody is going to say, hey, I can use this guy in the correct way. And that's going to be a good thing. I like DeAndre Swift's pass-catching ability, and he can run the ball enough that, you know, he can make – he can score touchdowns. He's big at 209 pounds. He can run the ball just fine if he just stops getting dinged up. Uh, Javante Williams, I, I want to have him. I want to have him in my top twelve, but he's coming off the injury, and it was a pretty good injury. And we saw the difficulty that Dobbins had with a very similar injury, very similar severity. Um, and so I just kind of felt like the next this year and maybe into next year. He's going to be hampered a bit, and then we'll see where he comes back. He could likely move way up in my rankings. Um, I have Pollard at 13. I think Pollard is going to be the lead back in Dallas. I don't think that Zeke is moving on. I think Zeke restructures, and Zeke is going to be – You know, would I be surprised if Zeke started 17 games this year? No. Would I be surprised if Zeke out-touched Pollard? I think we're looking at a 55 or 60% touch share for Pollard. He just brings that much more explosion. Um, I could see a situation where Pollard and Zeke are dead even in um, carries, and Pollard has 60 pass catches, 60 receptions. Uh, I I love what Pollard brings to the table. And then J.K. Dobbins at, at 13, he came on at the end of last season. He looked good. He still wasn't 100%, but you could see the vision he has. And if he can get that speed back, he's going to be really explosive and dynamic. But we saw last year, if he doesn't get that speed back, he's David Montgomery plus, which is good. He can catch the pet ball. They just don't throw it to their running back very much. Now, can he catch it as well as Montgomery? That might be stretching it but he's definitely more explosive and shiftier in short area. And then Ramondre Stevenson, Stevenson showed that he's a three down back. He's a a great pass catcher. Will he get in the doghouse at some point? Sure. We're going to have a game where Pierre Strong carries the load and everybody's like, what's going on with Ramondre? Or Kevin Harris gets 23 carries and we're like, what's going on with Ramondre? And then three weeks later, we're going to find out you know, Ramondre farted on Bill in a huddle and Bill decided to hold him out of the game. Uh, Ramondre is a powerful runner. He catches the passes really well. He's good at pass blocking. I think he's going to be the unquestioned RB1 there for the next couple of years. I also think they move on from him like they did with Damian Harris in three years or however many years he has left. Yeah, so for, for my last five, I have Dalvin Cook at 15. Maybe I'm too high. Maybe I'm too low. I, I'm like you, Matt. I, his talent and production you know, potential is there. But I also, if he comes away from Minnesota and goes somewhere, there, they've talked about him getting traded to Buffalo and playing with his brother. I, I might actually drop him because who, you know, Buffalo has yet to show us that they uh, – Importantly, there has been a lot of discussion um, 
there's been a lot of discussion from Sean Payton about wanting to go get other running backs. And that gives me a moment of pause for Javante Williams and potentially for his long-term role. I have Tony Pollard at 13. Um, I'm glad he's back in Dallas. I like that. JK Dobbins at 12. I'm hoping uh, we get just another huge season. If they end up losing Lamar, he could end up being an even bigger part of their offense. And then I have Ramondre Stevenson at 11. He had an incredible year. Uh, was a force in all three downs for the Patriots. Matt has made me doubt it a little bit, reminding me about uh, Bill O'Brien. But Bill O'Brien did use uh, – I feel like he leaned on one one back when he was coach of Houston. So maybe, maybe I'll have some hope there. But I just liked what he did. And we've seen the Patriots before when they've had a very good three-down capable back um, lean on them in there. It's been a few years. They are capable of using the world's most defeatist committee. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll let hope spring eternal here in March. Don't the Duggars have fetus committees? Oh, God. Anyway, um, a couple of questions before we get out of here. You guys both have Damian Pierce in your top 24. I do not because I have major uh, trepidation that he ends up being this year's Michael Carter. Um, do you guys have any fear that the – uh, Texans with their draft capital and salary cap space go out and get a running back? I think they'll probably draft somebody, but I, I don't know that it's going to be worrisome for Damian Pierce. So we, we see NFL teams seem to be going more toward these two running back sets anyways. And I think Pierce is the probably one of the guys, none of us have them super highly ranked, right? We all have them down at the bottom of our 24. And I think that shows that we all know he's probably limited a little bit on his receiving upside. And you're probably banking on him getting decent volume and touchdowns. So, and that's where I would, I would put him at. And again, I, I don't think whoever the Texans get at one or at two quarterback wise is necessarily going to massively improve this team. So like, I still think Pierce is going to be the starter. I don't think he's the long-term option. A guy, he's not going to be like their Nick Chubb or anything like that, who who helps them work through bad teams to a good team. Uh, but I wouldn't fade him necessarily. Yeah, I, I think he's there for the duration of his rookie contract. He's going to be the, you know, half of the committee, half of the timeshare. They'll bring somebody else in, that, especially in a year like this where there's so many good backs coming in. They're going to grab somebody in fourth or fifth round and they're going to pair him with another fourth rounder and uh, Damian Pierce. <clears throat> what can Pierce hold him off? Well, it's possible. I mean, he may turn out to be second contract. Or to be honest, not a lot of the top guys tracks. So I, I think that in four, four years. Will he be, be, be a Houston Tigers of the uh, rushing and receiving for the running backs? And, and that puts him in the RB2 conversation. All right, last question. What is one player in this range, 24 to 11, that you think has the greatest chance of ending up falling outside the top 24 at the end of 2023. At the end of 20. So you're talking about the end of this season. Yeah. Who ends up being outside. I mean, the easy answer is Kamara because we don't know what his suspension looks like or expected suspension. Um, um, Mixon, right. because of his inefficiency, I think, you know, if he gets cut and has to go to a new team, I don't think he's handed the starting role. Mine is, mine is Cam Akers from my list just because, speaking of farting in the huddle and ending up on some kind of inactive list, we still don't know what happened with him with the Rams last year. He looked like he had no future, and then he looked like their franchise, so... Well, I feel like you put a non-top 24 running back in your top 24 just so you could answer this question. So, No, I mean, I I liked what we saw from Akers, and it seemed like they got to a good spot, and that's what we always – well, you know, that's what a lot of people thought he was going to be anyway. 
I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit of a spicy one, I guess. I mean, he's kind of close to 24, so it's not like a massive drop. Uh, Aaron Jones. Wouldn't be surprising to me if he goes out there and doesn't have a great season with the Packers. It becomes the A.J. Dillon show, and then nobody's willing to pick him up. So The one thing I think a lot of people don't necessarily talk about Jones He's also been a guy who's missed a multiple games every single year due to just some lingering injuries, right? It's not like anything massive has had a huge injury, but like he just gets these little nicks and bruises that hold him out like a game or two here or there. If AJ Dillon does take a stranglehold that backfield and kind of moves Aaron Jones from the starter to like the second guy, I don't know if a team would be willing to kind of pay him and bring him in to be the guy. So he could easily drop out of that top 24. All right, so real quick, let's recap our 24 to 11. Dennis, do you want to go first? Certainly. Uh, Jamal Williams, Joe Mixon, Isaiah Pacheco, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, Tony Pollard, J.K. Dobbins, and at number 11, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, For me, at 24, I had Khalil Herbert, 23, Miles Sanders, 22, Alvin Kamara, 21, Aaron Jones, 20, Damian Pierce, 19, Ramondre Stevenson, 18, Dalvin Cook, 17, Derrick Henry, 16, DeAndre Swift, 15, Javante Williams, 14, Tony Pollard, 13, Travis Etienne, 12, Jameer Gibbs, and 11, Josh Jacobs. Yep, and for me, I had 24, Jamal Williams, 23, Brian Robinson, 22, Isaiah Pacheco, 21, DeAndre Swift, 20, Cam Akers, 19, Alvin Kamara, 18, Aaron Jones, 17, Miles Sanders, 16, Derrick Henry, 15, Dalvin Cook, 14, Javante Williams, 13, Tony Pollard, 12, J.K. Dobbins, and number 11, Ramondre Stevenson. So that is our 24 to 11. We will be back on Monday. We are going to do our top 10 dynasty running backs, and then we are also going to do a rookie mock draft. We're going to do 12 teams, single QB, so that should be a lot of fun. If you want to hop on that with us, look for a link to go out sometime around noon on Monday. You can join that. We will kick it off just before the show. We'll probably do three rounds. Um, so it'll be a little bit of fun to see where the values are landing, especially now that we have the combine in place. But Dennis, if people are missing the combine this weekend, what they, what can they do to fill that void? They should do me a solid. They should be on their favorite podcast app. Give us a rate and a review. You know, those Apple scores matter. Download, listen, subscribe, download and subscribe. Don't listen. Um, Whatever works for you. But, you know, we're sometimes goofy and, you know, we can ease the honey-do list. So download, subscribe. Yep, always something good to listen to this weekend. You can relive the the glory of running backs 24 to 11 this weekend and look forward to the top 10 on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend.